Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or iHeart, hit that subscribe or follow button. The content shared is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Imagination Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Scott, and I am here with my co-host, Clement Norris. And today we're going to be continuing on our series of prayer. Now, in our previous segment, we talked about or we defined prayer. And we obviously we talked about it being communication, a unique form of communication. And the fact that prayer includes both not only just what comes out of one's mouth or the thoughts that one are having when they have a prayer, but also actions, behaviors, that those things matter and that they are an extension of prayer. But it seems like some people get confused and they ask the question because of something that Paul wrote. He wrote it in the book of Thessalonians. Uh, in Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, uh, Paul wrote that we should pray without ceasing. And for some people, that's a little troubling, you know, pray without ceasing. They hear that and they think, well, does that mean I'm supposed to, you know, always be on my knees with my hands clenched together and uh, constantly doing a prayer? Because if, if I do that, you know, we ain't going to have a house to live in. There ain't going to be no food to eat. We can't just sit around every day, all day praying. So I think it's important for us to understand that definition of prayer and that it includes our actions and our behaviors. We literally communicate to God through our actions and our behaviors. And, it, and this idea is nothing unique or new. It's, it literally permeates throughout the whole entire Bible. And that's why you keep hearing uh, reference comes up about obedience and disobedience. Matter of fact, God says in the Bible that obedience is better to him than sacrifice because that through that obedience, we're communicating to him and we're letting the rest of the world know that we are communicating to him. And so we want to kind of look at the, you know, what is this, this idea of praying without season? So when we, when we profess to be Christians, we're basically letting the world know that Christ is in us. Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter two and verse 20. And in Galatians chapter two and tw verse 20, Paul talks about you know, dying, but then he says, nevertheless, he says, nevertheless, I live because Christ liveth in me. And if Christ is living in us, according to what Paul wrote in the book of Philippians chapter two and verse five, he said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Also, we see that the apostle Peter writes in first Peter two twenty one that we, Christ has uh, laid out an example for us. And he says that we should follow in Christ's steps. If we're following in his steps, 
then our, our, our behaviors, the way we conduct ourselves, what we do and or don't do should be similar to his because uh, the, the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 8, and I believe that the Apostle Paul is uh, credited for writing the Hebrews 13 or the book of Hebrews. He says, Jesus Christ is the same in the past, the present, and the future. So if Christ is in us, he's not changing. When he comes in us, we are the ones supposed to be changing, not him. So that when God looks at us and everything we do every day, whether we're on our jobs, whether we're with our families, whether we are with our friends, no matter what we're doing every day at all times, through our actions, we are praying. Through our actions, we are praying. We are praying by the things that we do, and we're praying when it comes to the things we do not do. Uh, for example, when the uh, you look at the uh, Ten Commandments, I believe that's in Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 8, I believe. No, not. Well, I know it's Exodus chapter 20. Yeah, it starts above that. Yeah. Yeah, but eight, definitely verse eight is fourth commandment. So okay, so definitely chapter Exodus chapter twenty. When you look in there and God says, "Thou shalt not steal." Well, when you don't steal, you're praying to God. You're communicating to God. But if you steal, you're still communicating to God. You still it's still a form of prayer. So through our actions, when we when we uh, decide that we're not going to honor our 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 parents like the Bible says we should. We're praying, we're communicating to God. But when we, when we obey God and we honor our parents the way that he told us to, so that our days may be long on the earth, if we do that, we're communicating to God. So I, I want us to get this idea out of our heads that prayer is only those uh, moments when I, I'm at the church and I get down on my hands and knees, we all bow or uh, I'm by myself at home somewhere that, and, and I, and I just simply, I talk to God. And when I talk to God, either verbally or, 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 or in my mind through my thoughts, that, 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 that is the totality of prayer. It's not, it's not. We communicate through God by what's in our, what our thoughts, what comes out of our mouths and also through our actions, through our behaviors, all of these things, they're praying. And so because they all fall under the definition of prayer, as we go through every day, all day, we should be in a state of prayer. And therefore, and therefore, we're praying without ceasing. We're praying without ceasing. I think that's an important, it's an important concept for us to grab hold of. If we want to continue to grow in our, our prayer life. And even more importantly, if we want to, if we want to see prayers answered in our lives, see prayers answered, answered more consistently and to be able to understand better, to be able to discern better, when we may do a prayer and God allows us to understand better why that prayer wasn't answered. Because sometimes some of the things we pray for can cause us harm. 
you know, a lot of people pray for a mate, but they want the mate just because what they see on the outside. Don't understand it. They could be stepping into a disaster. God could be sparing you and saving you from a disaster. So we have to look at the totality. If you look at the, the book of James, James talks about it a lot. You know, he talks about faith without works is dead. But we got to remember that prayer without works is dead. We have to have an active prayer life as opposed to a passive prayer life. We have to, when we pray to God, or at least we should anyway, when we, when we pray to God, you know, I can't, I can't say, well, pray and ask God to help me with some disease, say it's some sexually transmitted disease. And I pray to God and ask God for deliverance from the disease, but I was disobeying God. I was out there fornicating with everybody. And chances are, if I got recovery from the disease, I'm going to go right back out there and continue risky sexual behaviors. I may even have the disease and literally be out there taking that disease to other people. I was in a, a program once uh, through college. It was a program that was doing some research on HIV. They was trying to understand why the HIV rate was increasing. I, this, was, this was maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. They were trying to study why the HIV rate was uh, increasing, particularly among African-American women. And so I had to interview a lot of men. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And everybody who I interviewed, they had HIV. They were documented to have HIV. They knew they had it. I knew they had it. And I had to ask them a series of questions. And if I remember correctly, this survey that we were using at that time uh, came from the government because the government, the federal government was uh, doing some of the research. So it probably was something through CDC, but I don't remember exactly. But, but I do recall like they had it broken down into different groups, males, females, whites, blacks, just the different groups. And it was, it was just kind of astonishing to me that a lot of the people who had the virus were still actively uh, having relations with other people. I only interviewed men and almost everyone I interviewed talked about the fact that they were uh, still actively participating in sex with people, even though they had the HIV and that the people that they were dealing with did not know that they had the virus. So it would be kind of, at least to me anyway, it'd be kind of particular, kind of odd for me to be praying to God and saying, well, God, you know, can you help me? with this disease, can you make this go away? Whatever the case may be. While at the same time, you're still actively going out there and forget the HIV, the fact that you're still going out there and, and, and ignoring the fact that he doesn't want you fornicating, period, but that you are willing to continue to do it and even more so do it and knowing that you could be potentially spreading this disease around to other people. And so there has to be a consistency. There has to be a harmony in our prayer life with what we're taking to God and what we're doing. And, I, and again, I think that, I think that principle uh, literally permeates throughout the Bible. I mean, through the whole book. And so it's, it's really something. Now, I think, I think it's important to 
Another reason why I think it's important to get it is because a lot of times, you know, you, you hear people read it from the Bible. You hear them say it. They talk about, well, uh, in the Bible, we are, uh, you know, we're told uh, how to pray, right? So we we told how to pray, and, and, and when we pray, we should pray with a contrite heart. Well, if you're praying with a contrite heart, you know, in all those examples that I gave, uh, if you're praying with a contrite heart, you're not going to be doing those things, right? If I if I'm praying with a contrite heart, I'm praying, I'm feeling bad about my actual sin and not the consequences of my sin. I'm not going to God and just, God, give me X, give me Y, give me Z. But I'm going to God in humility. I'm going to God with repentance. These things should be, be included in my prayers. And then the Bible says that when we pray, it talks about doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in his name. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if we, uh, let me rephrase that, because Jesus said when we pray and we do it in his name, they, he will, he, we, will, we will receive whatever we ask for. And a lot of people take that at face value and may, you know, referring back to Carol, we talked about those statistics and the people, the 13%. According to the to the study, says they lost their faith because their prayers their prayers were not answered, and I could imagine that some of them, you know, either heard or read where Jesus said that they put their petition in, they did not get what they wanted, therefore they concluded, well, he lied or either he doesn't exist because he and Carol, if you could find that text for me real quick, I'd appreciate it. But where he he says that we can ask for uh, anything in his name. Uh, that he would answer for us. Mm -hmm. So, for some people, I, I can I can only suspect that that would be rather discouraging for them, because they're like, "Well, I keep asking, but I'm not getting." And so, what I want to make sure before we close out this segment that we not only understand what it means to pray without ceasing, or or, or at least one of the explanations for what it means to pray without ceasing, but also to kind of get a better idea of what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Because it seems like maybe too many of us, we think that praying in Jesus' name means that we simply have to say his name when we close out a prayer. And we hear people do it all the time. You know, we say, you know, your father in heaven, you know, this, that, and other thing, you know, and in the name of Jesus, uh, we pray, or in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And so let me be clear. There is power in the name of Jesus, the name itself. There is power in the name of Jesus. But I, I am uh, convinced that when Jesus said that we should pray in his name, that he meant much more than just saying his name when we do a prayer. But, but so I want to just real quick look at what it means. What was he talking about when he said that we should pray uh, in his name? And I think if we, if we really, if we really dig deep down in our hearts and, and deep down into our soul, it should be rather apparent to us 
that clearly Jesus was not talking about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, for some reason, we like to take a lot of these things at face value and say, oh, yeah, well, because that's what he said. He said anything. We asked for anything that he would grant it for us. Or, or even one text, he talks about he'll petition the Father for us, mm-hmm. that we'll get, that we will get it. And so I want to make sure we got a better idea of what Jesus was talking about then. We get a snapshot of it in the book of Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 7. And according to the text, it says, God said, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So, and as as always, we, we recommend that you fact check us, you know, do what you feel like you have to do to make sure you get an accurate information because the Bible does say that um, in, the, in the epistle of John that you know, many false prophets have gone out there in the world or false teachers. You're not supposed to just believe everybody at face value. Mm-hmm. It says try them to see whether or not they're of God. And so when you go and you look at the word name, the word name means character. When you look at the book of Exodus, and when you look at when Jesus made that comment, Carol, do you have it? Okay, John 14, 13. And, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Exactly. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so a lot of us, we, we read that or we hear that from the pulpit. We think, well, then that's all I got to do is ask. And then, then, then Jesus is going to uh, answer my prayer because that's what he said. But again, if we, I think if we are honest with ourselves, we ought to know, even if we're kind of new to the scriptures, that Jesus did not mean anything and everything. Jesus is not going to answer any prayers that involve if you praying for illicit drugs or some kind of something dealing with some kind of crime, you want somebody else's spouse, you want to cheat with them and you, why you, why you committing adultery with somebody else's spouse and you pray and say, Lord, don't let us get caught. That is not what Jesus meant. Jesus didn't mean that. Oh, if you, if you get ready to go and rob somebody on the corner carjack somebody that you yell out oh jesus before we go do this crime we want to we want to pray in your name because that's what you said that everything goes well that we're able to get the money if we have to injure or kill the victim that we don't leave no evidence behind and that you don't let us end up in prison for what we get ready to do this we ask in your name jesus christ amen that, that's not what Jesus meant. When you look up the word name, the word name means character. And a character is what's, what's at the core of a person, is, is who they are. And when you look at the character of Jesus Christ, and if, if you need to kind of get an idea of that character, if you look at the Bible and you look up the fruit of the spirits, you, you get a reflection of the character of Jesus Christ. Jesus said him and his father are one. 
Therefore, when you look at the Ten Commandments, you get a reflection of the character of Jesus Christ. You, you have God describing himself to Moses, talking about he's long-suffering, that he's patient, how loving he is, uh, how caring he is, how compassionate he is. When, as a matter of fact, the Bible says God is love. When we look in the Bible and Jesus says, you ask in my name, he's talking about you asking in his character. In his character, his selfless character, not, not in our character, but in his character, he says he will grant it. Because when we ask in his character, they're not going to be selfish prayers. They're not going to be prayers to help cover up sin or hide sin. Those type of prayers are not even going to come out of your mouth or be in your mind. So that's what he was, I guess, referring to or not referring to. Well, he was referring to those things that accurately reflect and represent the nature slash character of himself, which is equal with his father. And that's why he says in the Bible, not me, not no denomination, not Carol. That's why Jesus says in the Bible, be ye perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. It's God's character that we should be making our prayers in. That's the state of mind we should have. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2.5, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. That's, I guess the expression they named is, they, they, they come up with is, that's a game changer. Whose mindset do I have when I'm doing my prayers? You know, pray for the country. All the things that we're going through right now, praying that we, praying that we get along with each other, that we love each other, that we help each other, that we support each other. That's, those are the kind of prayers Jesus was doing. People needing to be fed. Children need to be, needing to be taken care of. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Carol, but didn't Jesus frequently pray that we would overcome our propensity to commit sin? Yes. That, those are, that's what Jesus, when you're talking about praying in Jesus' name, that's really what it is. Now, Yes, there's power in the name of Jesus. So by all means, keep if you closing a prayer out in the name of Jesus, go ahead and do it. That matter of fact, it's a form of witnessing, especially when you're around those who are non-believers. So I'm not saying not to do it. I'm saying don't do it thinking that's all it is. You got to make sure that when we're doing those, our prayers, that we're doing our prayers in the name, in the character of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is supposed to be in us. And if he's in us, then it's going to be reflected not only in mind, but also in actions and behaviors, that form of communication. We tend to focus on the verbal part, but tend to ignore or dismiss the nonverbal communication. But God pays attention to the nonverbal communication. He looks and see the inconsistency about what we're saying to him and what we're doing. If you have the mind of Christ, you will be constantly asking God to help you get out of that rut because you want to be that harmony. You want it all to be together and all be kind of the same thing. So what we're going to do at this point, we're going to uh, end this particular segment. I hope that it was a blessing for somebody. I hope it was helpful. Uh, if, if, if it just reaches one person, it's worth it. It enhanced their ability to communicate with God because all we talk about is communication. Uh, but a particular unique form of communication, communication with God. And later on, as we get toward the end of the series, we're going to also focus on God communicating with us. Because a lot of times we talk about prayer and talking to God, 
but we got to hit the brakes and go, oh, wait a minute. Now that I talk to him, I, how do I? I need to, I need to know, not just, not just trusting my gut, because if I just trust my gut, what if my gut is telling me something different than what the word says? So God, God talks back to us and how do I hear him? That's why you get the mindset. And that's why I said, well, God, as I'm concerned, God answers hundred percent of my prayers. Now, just, just because I'm not listening when he answers, that's my fault. So I can't say, well, he didn't answer the prayer. He answered the prayer, but when he answered it, he told me no. And if I listen hard enough, he'll even tell me why he told me no. Because then I could realize, oh, man, he was looking out for me. I mean, isn't that what you would want to know, Carol? Oh, yes. That he was looking out for me. So one thing, I mean, think about it. How many people you know, or even if Carol and I do it, we just have a one-side communication. She's, just, she's constantly saying something to me, but I never respond back to her. Yeah, I mean, something about that, to me, don't make any sense whatsoever. I wanted to read something real quick. It says, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. Not that it is necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but in order to enable us to receive him. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but bring us up to him. That was written by a lady named Ellen G. White. And so it's God's way of elevating us up to him. And that's why when we pray, we got to pray with, in the name of Jesus, with the mindset of Jesus, in the character of Jesus. And, a, and that means we got to come with a contrite heart, with humility, with repentance, and, and a real desire to change, to be like Christ, to have him in me and to have him transform me to be like him. You'll be amazed at the, at the prayers God answer for you. You'll be amazed at how all of a sudden that mate or that significant one that you desire, how all of a sudden they'll be there. So we're going to close out and we'll be coming again with another segment on prayer. By all means, we want you all to stay in touch with us. Contact us either on veganimagination.com. You can do a comment section there and or you can go to the audio and leave us a voice recording. If you leave us a voice recording, we will even try to include the voice recording on the next program. So that either on the next one or, or, or on a program. So by all means, get in touch with us. Keep us in prayer. We will keep you all in prayer. We hope you're having a a lovely day and a wonderful week. Thank you and goodbye. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, go to wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a comment or visit our website at veganimagination.com. That's V-E-G-A-N-E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.com where you can leave a voicemail or written comment. Click on the podcast tab at the top of the page. And once there, you can leave us a voicemail message. We would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm.